0: Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to episode three of the Grumpy Bunny. I know, we've made it three episodes and we haven't been canceled yet, right? (laughs) I uh, suppose we should thank iLogic for that. They're the company that's been handling my wonderful distribution, handling everything from putting me on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter uh as well as all over the website they're responsible for all of the recipes well i'm responsible for my recipes but they're responsible for having all of my recipes online so i just want to give them the biggest shout out and say thank you for this opportunity because man let me tell you this has been so much fun so far i really also kind of want to thank that my Shining armor uh, back of house uh, behind the curtain or screen as it will. My producer, uh, Johnny Danger, he has been so nice in making sure that all my banners are set up, that my mic works and everything. And oh man, has it been just a bit of a trial? But you know, it's almost 70 degrees outside today, so I'll take a little bit of some technical issues in the fact that I can wear shorts. All right, so. Today we're going to talk about two different things. We're going to make some meatballs. This is a recipe that I absolutely love. And then I'm going to show you three ways to use said meatballs. And then we're also going to be doing cookies. I got to check on some stuff here. We're going to be making my garbage cookies. And what we're really going to talk about is why cookies can be so temperamental, the struggles that I have had with cookies, and then the recipe that pertains to the cookies that we are making today. Uh, It'll be a lot of fun, I hope, and this will be really interesting. So let's start. Ready? Okay. Meatballs. I absolutely love meatballs as I like most food, especially anything that inspire, uh, contains meat. I kind of really like these meatballs because the recipe that I use allows me to kind of use it for different stuff later on. I can always use this for like a, let's say spaghetti or handheld appetizers, a sandwich, which we're gonna make later, or even a pseudo fancy meatball dinner, which I'll show you a little. One of the nice things that I love about making these meatballs from home is like always, I can decide how much salt, how much sugar, what spices go in. I've got no preservatives. And when I've cooked these meatballs off, once I've let them cool, I can go ahead and throw them in a Ziploc baggie, toss them in the freezer, pull them out at any given time, and they're still really tasty. So when it comes to meatballs, one of the things that I always suggest is using a blend of meats. In the case of this recipe, I'm going to use a ground beef sirloin, Ground beef chuck and pork. The ground beef sirloin's got a 90 10 ratio. The chuck's got an 80 20 ratio. It, that means there's 80% lean meat compared to 20% fat. Then sirloin's actually, I believe, uh, 90% lean with 10% fat. Uh, the pork is I don't know, actually, but it's a little, it's, it's, it works in well. Um, I do like those blends like that together. Cause it actually creates kind of a juicy meatball without being too dry. It's also re- again, really versatile for uh, many types of different dishes. You can, if you want, be, feel free to get like, you know, that ground, bri- you know, shoulder or maybe a brisket. I, You know, that's fine. I'm not going to hate on anybody on that thing. I think this is, you know, most economical and the easiest way to make that. So anyway, first things first, let's get started. I got in the bowl here, as you can see, I've got one pound of the ground sirloin, one pound, uh, sorry, half a pound of the ground pork, and then a half a pound of the ground chuck. I'm gonna add my egg, my flour, which is a a regular gluten-free based flour. You can use breadcrumbs if you'd like. I highly suggest that you pound those breadcrumbs down to a mere powder. Uh, When you bake these off, especially with gluten-free breadcrumbs, they have a tendency to hold together. You end up left with like little bits of chunks of bread or things. So finely, finely done breadcrumbs or just a little bit of flour tossed in there. I'm using rosemary, cumin, Um, I have some salt, I have some pepper, I've got some ground mustard seeds. So what I've done is I've just taken some of the regular, uh, yellow mustard seed that I use, uh, in the pickling spice. And I have, uh, just actually, I smashed it with a rolling pin in a Ziploc baggie, but you can get a mortar and pestle (laughs) to to crush that out. That gives it this really kind of really nice, almost like sweet, tangy flavor. I dare I say mustardy in there. I've also added some rosemary and some thyme. Uh, chili powder, again, always to taste. You can use, I found the other day, I think it's here. I found these whole chili peppers. So I'm going to see if I can put them here by the camera. These are fun too. Um, I would definitely mash these up with a little bit of water, getting the uh, kind of consistency a little bit um, and, and go um, use sparingly. I Let's just say that my lips were numb for like, four or five hours. So again, chili powder to taste. One of the things that I wanted to show you about the red pepper is that, you know, again, as with any of the recipes that I'm gonna share with you, I highly encourage these to adapt them to however you'd like. That that means you wanna make them on a little bit more of uh, with some garam uh, masala or curry or if you want to use a uh, spicy barbecue rub that you use on your meat, add those in there too. I caution you to uh, any kind of pre-made set spices that you're using, watch the salt content in there or just edit the salt that you might add later. So I've got all my seasonings in there, the flour. I added one egg. You don't have to add the egg if you don't want. I like the egg because it kind of allows me for a better consistency for that. So I have everything rather than kind of show you an- you know, fret over this. Today, I have them mixed up for you. So I also want to tell you you got that diced onion uh, and roasted garlic. So roasted garlic is really easy. I have a garlic, Uh, whole garlic that I have here. I've cut the tops off the garlic, drizzled it with just a little bit of lemon, some salt, pepper, and then honestly, I sprayed it with some nonstick cooking spray. I threw it in the oven at 325 for about 30 minutes, left this golden crispy color. It leaves the garlic on the inside super soft um, and like almost like a butter and a paste. Nice, sweet, oh my gosh, it's so good. I've added that in there too and some diced onion. I don't know about you, but I have the nice skills of a drunk toddler on a Tuesday. So you obviously wanna get these as diced as fine as you can. I typically have a a tendency to dice them uh, really fine. And then I throw them in a blender uh food processor along with the garlic that way i can ensure the fact that i've got a nice even mixture i don't have like one meatball that has a ton of onion and a ton of garlic and then another one that's missing all of that so i've got all of the ingredients that i have in my meatball and now we are ready to make such meatball i'm going to go ahead and turn this on up here i don't know about you but i've got really creepy gas oven stove that it like so sometimes it comes out fast here i'm gonna also i've got some gravy i don't know if you checked online and grabbed uh the recipes online there's a really nifty recipe for a super easy gravy that i i'm making right now both for two dishes i'm going to show you with the meatballs so i'm going to keep an eye on that one there so i've got my nonstick pan cooking right now and at this point i've gone ahead and preheated my oven to 375 degrees i'm going to take my meatballs here i'm going to pull them into about one inch diameter You can make these meatballs as big or as small as you like. That's completely up to you. I kind of like them a little bit larger than handheld. You'll notice that uh, with me, I hide all of my uh, bad knife skills inside these. I also want to make that kind of helps to make sure that I don't have bits of onion kind of poking out here. I'm going to give these a bit of a squeeze because I'm going to use these later. I kind of want them to be firm. So especially if let's say I'm making like a a Swedish meatball or something where I want these to hold together, I'll press these just a little bit farther and I'm going to set this right here, like a few more here. Again, if you want, if you're using them, let's say like for a, you know, you're going to have these as like a standalone protein with your, uh, with a meal, maybe with a side of vegetable and some potatoes or something like that. You can always keep them a little bit looser. That way they feel a little less like, um, you know, a hard ball of meat and kind of more of like a loose thing. But I promise you, they'll actually be pretty tender to begin with in the first place. Hope everybody's having a good week so far. I don't know about you, but I am so excited that we are finally out of this winter weather. Uh, It has been fantastic. I've been watching all sorts of uh, stuff pop up in my front yard, which is something that we're gonna be talking about in the next couple episodes, which I hope everybody's excited for. Sorry about that sound of water here. So let's move this aside here. I'm gonna take, once I've made all of my meatballs here, okay? I'm gonna take my sauce and my nonstick skillet. I've got I'm gonna a little bit of nonstick cooking spray. You can also use some olive oil or canola oil if you'd like. And I'm gonna quickly sear these meatballs. So you do you don't have to sear the meatballs if you're not so inclined. They work just as fine. I really kind of like the color that comes at the top of them. Um, I just like it that way. So again, it is up to you that's not something that you really think that you're into, that's okay. You don't have to worry about it. Um, especially too, if you're like busy and you're just trying to pop these things out of the stuff and you're going to toss them right into the oven Yeah, don't even worry about it. So just toss them right straight into there. So I'm going to give these like a little bit of a quick sear here. So let's pretend through the magic of television that turning these bad boys, you know, tada. Goal 744 of today is to not set the smoke alarm off, right? Temperamental pieces, well, move on. So I'm gonna let those sear for a little bit. I've got my gravy going back here. Um, Again, like I said, you can use these for all sorts of various things. And again, too, like you change this recipe if this isn't something that you'd like, or if you want them to be a little bit different, is the joy of food and especially joy of making food in your own home your way your style your flavor what does your family like do they know do they love really spicy food do they want something that has a bit i you know that's thing i would love to try so tell me what your meat uh your meatball recipes are tell me what you've changed uh on those on my meatball recipe and share that on facebook or on our twitter page okay so these over here what happened to my Aha. So I'm going to pull these bad boys off right here. Right. So we pretended that this is all done because, you know, we're not necessarily, you know, I don't have staff here. And I'm going to toss these in the oven again, 375 for about 15 minutes. So after about 15 minutes, what I'm going to do is I'm going to flip those meatballs kind of to ensure the fact that the fat on the top or the bottom is kind of evenly getting through and it's making sure that those meatballs are cooked. That's going to be probably another 10 minutes after 15 minutes after I flip them so that they reach an internal temperature of 165 degrees right now if we're going to eat them right after the fact oh my gosh that's great that you can eat them as soon as they come right out of the oven however if you're going to use these for later for example if you're going to freeze them or let's say you're going to make them for tonight and you're having a party or something oh man remember parties soon right but when you're getting ready to have a party or having uh anything like that uh, and you're going to want to freeze or refrigerate these, let the meatballs kind of sit either on the top of the warm oven uh, or inside the oven with the door open for about 15 minutes just to let them lower themselves in temperature especially if you're going to throw them into the freezer. If you're going to keep them into the freezer, I would definitely leave them sitting on top of my stove, no more than maybe 5 to 10 minutes, but out on the top of the stove. Then I'm going to go ahead and top sauce them into a Ziploc bag and I'm going to leave them again, uh, I'd say right on my counter for about 2 to three minutes just to let the final bits of steam kind of come out. Then I'm going to seal them and then I'm going to free. Uh, go ahead and freeze them. That kind of ensures the facts that I'm pulling the moisture from the steam that's coming out of those meatballs. I'm not trapping that inside the meatballs, make uh, inside the Ziploc bag as I toss it into the freezer. What happens is, is all of the moisture is gonna quickly rush out of those meatballs, right? Dry them out instantly and leave this film, this water uh, uh, and oil and all this other stuff on the sides of your Ziploc bag. And the problem is, when you go to defrost those uh, meatballs later, they're gonna be dry and tough because all of that moisture that was in the meatball that kept, didn't have a chance to just uh, expand uh, normally. All right, so just let them leave for a little bit just so that they can get just a little bit uh, down out that the, most of the heat, the, the high heat from the, their meat has kind of come out of that and then you let them toss those into the freezer. So we've got those in the oven. I think they're just about ready to come out. this over. I'm going to toss this meat back in the fridge here because I love meatballs and I'm going to finish those up later. All right. So I'm going to pull these bad boys out here. And so you can see now I'm not going to lie. These have been reheated, right? Because that is, that's still hot. So now they're nice, they're crispy. You'll see these ones here at the, see with the little ketchup glaze. We're gonna talk about that in a little bit. Wonderful, I mean, they're great. If you can see and you pull these apart, they just kind of fall apart in my hand, right? We're so good. All right, so you've made these meatballs, right? What are we gonna do with them? I mean, we've got a whole host of different options. All these meatballs that we're gonna have to fix What do we do with them? I'm gonna show you. Let's start first with the sandwich, all right? Mm -hmm. You can use a hoagie roll, you can use a brioche roll, you can use whatever you have at the store, hot dog buns, I don't really care. They're really great. We turn this heat up here, remember the online about the recipe with the gravy? So here, I've got that gravy boiling. I'm gonna go ahead and kind of bring that to a boil Inside, I have some garlic, uh, onion powder, garlic powder, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, and Worcestershire sauce, okay? This is your best friend thing. I highly suggest that you uh, pick something like this up. It is a lifesaver for almost everything. Marinades, gravies, everything. So I've got that going in there. I'm gonna let that go. You heard the mic going, right? Yeah. Ta-da. So these are from Rumi's, uh, which is a gluten-free bakery that I absolutely love, but they don't make brioche rolls. So take this, some mashed potatoes. So again, so I have a little bit of a brioche roll, hot dog bun, doesn't really matter. I've taken, and i made just the basic mashed potatoes, a little bit of salt, and pepper, garlic, and I've kind of spread that on the inside of the bun. I'm gonna take some of these meatballs here and I'm crushing them up a little bit. You don't have to, I kind of like it that way because I don't necessarily want to have a big giant chunk of meatball coming at me. That like so my stuff is boiling. So I'm gonna make this gravy really quick, which is super fun, right? It's like the magic of science. Let's take just a little bit of water here, a couple tablespoons of some cornstarch, not making a roux. Roux of course is going to be equal parts of, uh, like a, a butter with a, um, with cornstarch instead of making a thickener, which is just a water and cornstarch. Take it right in here drop this in here instantly. And in theory, in theory, it should work almost instantly. But sometimes you have to add a little bit extra. I want a nice, thick, crisp, uh, clean gravy for this, you know what I mean, so. Take there we go. <laughs> Take some of this gravy over the top here and then, wait for it. Cheese, the best thing in the world. Now take some cheddar cheese on the top. I love cheese. So for me, I don't really care how it is. So uh, any excuse to put cheese on this thing is I totally will. What do you think, right? So basic bun, uh, again, some mashed potatoes. Then I just take the meatballs. I add that gravy on top with some cheese. Pop that bad boy on there. Sandwich, Uh it's so good. All right, round two. You want something a little fancier, right? Of course you do. So, I got you covered. Let me pull these out of the oven. These are some roasted potatoes that I made. So, roasted rough potatoes are my favorite to go with these, and they're super easy. So, all you've really got to do—like <laughs> I've finished eating this—is have or quarter your potatoes, uh, boil them for about five to ten minutes just to get the outsides a little bit soft. And then when you toss them in your strainer rough them up a little bit gives this really great and wonderful texture so again i'm going to take some of these wonderful meatballs here you can get fancy right i've got them all on a nice beautiful angle i'm going to take some of these potatoes here and again because we all know everything tastes better with gravy right For the record, I would probably have liked my gravy to be a little bit thicker, but you know, seems like uh, a grumpy, a proper grumpy bunny show wouldn't be a proper grumpy bunny show if everything worked in the right way, right? So then I've got over here is some steamed broccoli. Some of that like that. Sprinkle some of this broccoli here with a little bit of lemon. So I added a little bit of lemon on that broccoli some salt and pepper. So for our fancy meal, look at that. I've just made some some simple meatballs. Again, those ones that I may have pulled out of here, some roasted potatoes, just some things that I could have pulled out of the pantry, rough those up for a little bit, threw those in the oven, and some steamed broccoli, and I've got an even fancier meal. Now wait, there's more. What if you just want to have some handheld, maybe you're watching some sports. I. I've heard people do that occasionally, or maybe, oh, maybe you are actually listening or watching some of the really great podcasts that iLogic has to offer or draft fantasy football or you know baseball or just literally draft sports in general. They've got everything under the sun, or you're watching stocks, or you're talking about bar stuff or any reason or all, and you just want a simple snack, the best thing in the world, take some ketchup, Worcestershire, a little bit of garlic, with some salt and pepper, whisk that up. And base that. Again, if you've understood if you make a meatloaf, you know where I'm going with it. Base those meatballs with a little bit of that. Let those sit in the oven when they're warming up so that it just kind of melts down. You get this really great glaze over the top of those. Oh man, they're great. So I've now made you three different ways to eat the same meatball. We've had a chance to make these meatballs, and now I have empowered you to go and try to make your favorite meatball. Now, I hope that my meatball is always going to be your favorite meatball, but as always, like I said earlier, in any Grumpy Bunny recipe, I want you to try something new, try something different, and then share it. Tell people about it. There's no point in making food that or or coming up with wonderful, great things if we can't share them with each other. I think that you know if a recipe gets hidden or your favorite thing, now, I take that back. There are some things that I don't think I'll ever share, certain recipes, but I really want you to come up, try your things and and do your own thing, right? Tell me about it, Talk about it on Facebook, all sorts of other stuff like that. So, wow, right? We got through that. And we at we're at twenty two minutes. Woo! yay. So moving on. Ready to talk about cookies? We've had our fill, we've had sandwiches, we've had, meatball, uh, we've had meatballs on a, well, they were supposed to be on a stick, but I forgot to buy toothpicks. And we've had a fancy meatball uh, dinner, and now we want to eat for dessert, and those are going to be cookies. You know, I was going to make these for you here and kind of show you all of the ways that it is to kind of blend and mix and do uh, that. But I really wanted to talk to you about how hard or temperamental cookies can be. And I really want to share the struggles that I've had with making cookies, if in fact, you are also having some of those same issues. I'm sure there's quite a few of you that have made cookies since the dawn of time, and you know everything there is to know about cookies, and I, think that is amazing however i have never been good with making cookies i try savory food i seem to be able to do really really well but when it comes to things like this sometimes i struggle so these are my garbage cookies and you might think that the reason why i call these garbage cookies is because they contain everything and the kitchen sink but in fact you are wrong i call them garbage cookies because more often than not These end up in the garbage, not because they don't taste good, but because they don't look right or I burnt them or they spread and they weren't crispy or they were too soft or they got too dry or they didn't drop and fall. They stayed in those tiny little clumps, you know, and I thought we would talk about what cookies, how to make these cookies. And then kind of as we go through these step by step, we can talk about the importance of in any cookie recipe, what's important about and why perhaps your stuff may not be turning out the way that you like. So you'll see that I've got uh, uh, the same cookie recipe here, but you'll distinctly different cookies. These are light and crisp. Look at that, right? They have almost a peel away center to it. They're wonderful. These our little hockey pucks—they're burnt. I, I like break that apart; they just crumble, crumble apart. Right? We've all had this. We've all dealt with that. Right? Why? Why? So let's start first with number one. When it comes to using your dry and wet ingredients for cookies, and again, this is different in any cookie. Every cookie recipe is going to be a bit different. So we're going to talk about mine, and then I might separate a little bit away and discuss about what might be different in other cookies. So for these cookies, it is important that you separate your dry ingredients from your wet ingredients. So in one bowl, you're going to use your flour, your baking so, uh, your baking soda, your um, oats, your salt. And that's it and then i'm making sure that i'm giving that that a, a good mix i don't want to have parts of my baking soda and only part of my dry ingredients and vice versa so you know what i mean so same thing to do with the salt because one of the things about baking i have learned is that it is well a struggle for me, but you have. It's they're very particular. Everything has to be perfect. Your butter has to be the right temperature. If the if the recipe calls for the butter to be melted, it needs to be melted, not softened. If it calls for cold butter, that butter needs to be cold. There's a reason for it. Creates a different texture, a flaky crust, and that may be why you struggle like I do with these cookies. Oftentimes when it comes to these cookies with the wet, with my wet and dry ingredients, I don't add enough baking soda, or I add too much baking soda, or I forget to add an acid later on, uh, which we'll talk about in the wet ingredients, or I'm using too much baking powder and they're rising more like a cake or less like a cookie. The best way that I've come with this recipe is to use one teaspoon of baking soda and then with the vanilla that you're using if you're using a pure vanilla extract that's enough acid which the acid uh, the baking soda needs the acid uh, uh, you can also use citric let's just say uh, to react in order to start that that kind of chemical process a baking powder works differently it actually has the little bit of baking soda also has other things some cream of tartar uh, and other stabilizers that allow it to start working the chemical reaction when it hits liquid as well as working a little bit when it hits into the um, when we're in the oven so that's one of the big things if it calls for baking soda use baking soda if you have to substitute baking powder for baking soda it's a three to one so if it calls for one teaspoon of baking soda you want to use three teaspoons uh, or one yeah three teas one teaspoon equals three teaspoons So one teaspoon of baking soda three teaspoons of baking powder Okay, so now that I had my dry ingredients set up, let's talk about wet ingredients. So the wet ingredients, especially when we're talking about creaming your sugars with the egg, so on and so forth, is also extremely important. In this recipe, it is important that you take your butter, which needs to be at a room temperature, okay? Left at room temperature, basically you can just smash it right down, and your peanut butter, those need to be mixed together those need to be mixed together first. After you've mixed your peanut butter, and you've mixed in um, the um, that butter, then you want to add the rest of the ingredients as it's listed in there, I'm going to add my egg, then I'm going to add my brown sugar. And then I'm going to you know, so on and so forth. I'm adding my vanilla at the end. And then of course, if you are using a type of vanilla that doesn't have any kind of alcohol additive that it hasn't been you know everything you want to add just a splash i would say maybe a half a teaspoon to a teaspoon of a lemon juice or an orange juice some sort of acid to help that baking soda react when you're when you're getting ready to mix so in regards to these cookies you need to make sure that those those ingredients stay separate until the very last minute so now for my, those uh, wet ingredients, I've added everything all the way down to my vanilla. I'm gonna whisk it again for just a little bit. I want this mixture for this recipe needs to stay well blended. Then I'm gonna take my dry ingredients and I'm going to toss those dry ingredients into the wet ingredients and I'm going to mix until just combined. After the, the uh, mixture has just begun to combine, then I'm going to add my mix-ins. Whether you're using the, M and, uh, the, I'm sorry, the chocolate candies or uh, milk chocolate chips, I use white chocolate chips. I also use like a, to- uh, a toffee. I'll get crushed toffee uh, and put that in there no matter what. Add it towards the last. And I'm going to go ahead and mix both of those together and until I get a very kind of rough dough. If your dough seems a little too dry, you can add the tiniest—and I mean the tiniest—amount of water. Okay. On the other hand, it's oftentimes I have found that this dough ends up being a little too wet, and in that case, you can add just a few more oats. I always try to shy away to take up that moisture. I'm not going to use an extra amount of flour or something like that. The oats seem to do well for like, let's say, if at two eggs, like I mean, like just so happens that my eggs are a little bit larger than what I wanted when I toss those in, so it's a little bit wet use the oats, it pulls up the moisture without kind of changing the consistency in your baking product. So the dough that you're gonna have at the end is going should have kind of a rough, tough dough. Should It should be, I wouldn't say sticky per se, it can have a little bit of a sticky nature to it. Now at this point, you can toss that in the fridge, let it cool, wrap it in aluminum foil, then freeze it, or you can use it to bake. If you're gonna use it to bake, I suggest using as few things as possible. So I, I will take a spoon, And I'll cut, I'll I'll pull a spoon part up. I'll use my finger to kind of drop it right onto the parchment lined tray uh, and and then kind of lightly form it. I have found the more I touch these cookies, the worse they get. And I'll put those on there, and then I watch them like a hawk. So I set them all up about one to two inches apart, like, you know, I watch for them to drop. If after about two to three minutes I haven't really seen those cookies drop, I'm going to go ahead and take a spatula and smash them down <laughs> and then watch them cook. And then I might also lower the temperature just a little bit so that the baking sheets and stuff like that, which I'm not talking, I I'm jumping ahead of myself. So I've smashed those down if I have to. Hopefully they work really well for you and, and kind of drop on their own. Bake these for about seven to 12 minutes. Do not overbake these, okay? So the thing is, is cookies have a tendency to still bake for a couple minutes after you pull them out of the oven. And especially with these cookies, if you over bake even just a little bit, you're gonna be left with this kind of powdery mixture that absolutely no one really likes, right? So let's talk about why things might happen. We already know that that, uh, butter is an issue. It could also be your baking soda or the baking powder. You can also be your ratios to the salt that you're adding in. So double, like, I I cannot stress enough with any cookie recipe that you're going to be baking from scratch, follow it from scratch. If that recipe calls for a a brown sugar and that brown sugar says pack, tightly packed means exactly that, tightly packed. I am taking this sugar here and I am putting it in there and pressing that sugar down so that the sugar is tight tight within there okay if it calls for again like i said i can't stress enough a sol- a softened butter if it calls for um a vegetable oil and you want to use butter then you want to make sure that your butter is all the way melted um, again i you know there's always going to be ways to substitute you can always go online and you can always look and see substitutions okay so i'm not eating any dairy what do i do Easy. You can substitute. uh, If you don't want to use a vegetable oil, you can substitute a coconut oil or you can substitute um, any of that. Those are equal parts ratio. So if it calls for, let's say, I'm going to say eight tablespoons of butter, which I believe is half a cup. Hey, Google, how many cups is eight tablespoons of butter? I love Google. So that is, it's right. So it's half a cup. So it's an equal ratio. So if I'm using, you know, a half a cup of oil and I can use again, the half a cup of oil, always remember that. So again, follow the recipes to the T. So let's talk about two is know your cookie pans. Some cookie pans have a thinner uh, base to them so that they are going to become much hotter, much quicker. Other cookie pans have a nice day. If you're using an old, you know, big old pan that takes forever, that's got this wonderful temperature that's, uh, you know, even throughout, you know, that you're gonna, all of that, that's fantastic. If you're working on something like a simple, let's say a piece of, junk cookie sheet you know like this that just i can bend and break i'm going to lower that temperature a little bit knowing that my cookies are still going to need the time to bake on that inside but i don't want them to burn along that bottom so know your cookie sheets know how they work it's if they burn it if you burn your cookies in under eight minutes when these when your recipe says it takes 11 then lower the temperature a little bit or even better see if it's a difference in your cookie sheet do you have a different or thicker cookie sheet that might be able to bake those at a better temperature? Or you can always take a little bit of aluminum foil underneath your parchment paper with the reflective side down and then put your parchment paper above that. And then that does is it actually takes some of the heat that's coming into those cookies, reflects it back down and allows for a more even heat along your cookie sheet. But again, know your stuff. Don't get frustrated if it doesn't work. I can't tell you how many times I have made these cookies in the last couple of weeks and how many times these cookies have failed, right? And I make these cookies. So try, again, as with everything that I always tell you, try, it doesn't hurt to burn stuff. And the nice thing is, is it doesn't even matter. Even if these are, they come out a little lumpy or whatever, they're usually pretty edible, right? So. You have homework this week. I want you to try to make cookies, whether they're my cookies or another set of cookies that you see, maybe some chocolate chip cookies that you've always wanted to try, but you've been too afraid to, I want you to try it. And I want you to make meatballs. I want you to make meatballs however you wanna make them. Maybe you will start with my recipe, or maybe you're gonna be inspired by this recipe, but say, you know what, Derek? I don't wanna make your meatballs. I'm gonna make my own meatballs. Make your own meatballs, okay? And tell me about it too. Show me pictures. You can see that. You can post those on Facebook at the, at the Grumpy Bunny. You can always tweet me at the Grumpy Bunny, uh, or Grumpy Bunny Show on Twitter or any. I think you can also leave comments on YouTube. I'm not too sure. But try these things. Show me what you have. And give me your recipes. If there's something that you want me to make and share with all of the viewers, some something that you think is the best thing in the world that you think that everybody else should try too, show me. I would love to make it. And apparently die of thirst. So we've made meatballs. We've made cookies. You can always grab any of these recipes online at ilogicmedia.com, where you'll be able to print and download any of the recipes that you've seen on episode three, episode two, or God forbid, episode one, which was that cheesy enchilada. Again, too, there's also a 15 bean uh, soup recipe that I've thrown on there, uh, the gravy recipe too. And make sure that you check out any of the awesome other uh awesome other shows that ilogic has to offer i can't tell you enough uh, how great this uh media company has been and i mean the things that the content that they are creating and allowing people to create and 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 share is astounding i mean there's everything if you like i said sports there's talk for cocktails there's stuff i mean it is just a plethora i i lose my train of thought when trying to think of all of the great uh, shows that they have to offer. So please, please, please go to the site and see all that other stuff. Like some of those other shows, like my Facebook page, The Grumpy Bunny on Facebook, or follow me on Twitter at Grumpy Bunny Show. And as always, I want you to have the best day and enjoy yourself and enjoy what to be spring. I am going to say goodbye for right now. I'm gonna, we're gonna have time for questions and comments if people do wanna stick around, and I hope that you do. Thank you for coming. Oh, I didn't even tell you, don't forget. So uh, in the next two weeks, we're gonna be doing some really fun stuff. I'm gonna be making Yoki and then we're gonna start branching away and doing more than just food. And what we're gonna talk about in the next episode is a little bit of food and flowers. Yep, we're gonna talk how to arrange simple flower arrangements for silk flowers, how not to uh, buy flowers that clash with everything that you have in your house planting flowers. We're going to do a little bring like that, but most we're going to be making some gluten-free gnocchi. Okay. So stick around after the show. We'll have a little bit of a chit chat on um, if you have questions. And again, if you're leaving me now, thank you very much. And have a wonderful day. All right. So Do I know? No, I do not. Can you already order? No, you cannot order these cookies baked. (laughs) You cannot. Um, They are available to be shipped for you at at any, any, any time if you'd like, right? So any other questions that anybody has? Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for coming to the show. And I do, I I can't thank you enough for supporting everybody for the, for those of you that have been watching me since episode one. Oh my gosh. I, you deserve medals. Really. You honestly do. And I just can't thank you guys all enough for, for uh, being so supportive and watching the show and all of the wonderful comments and suggestions and everything like that has been amazing. So thank you so much. And we will talk to you all later.